What you are about to hear is a labor of love, our love is for the music, and the music is for the people. We at Rockstrikes10 and cnjradio.com have always recommended that any music we promote on our shows be legally purchased, downloaded, or streamed. We feel this way not only for our network of shows, but for all music-based shows. By supporting the artist in this way, more music can be created and the industry as a whole can prosper. The music is owned by their respective labels or hopefully by the artists themselves. This broadcast is owned by cnjradio.com. Our only mission is to promote the music we love and promote the legal purchase of it. Enjoy the show and turn it up. Welcome to Rock It's unfortunate that we even have to say Black Lives Matter. I mean, if you go through history, nobody ever gave a fuck. I mean, you can kill black people in the street. Nobody goes to jail. Nobody goes to prison. But when I say Black Lives Matter and you say All Lives Matter, that's like if I was to say Gay Lives Matter and you say All Lives Matter. If I said Women's Lives Matter and you say All Lives Matter, you're diluting what I'm saying. You're diluting the issue. The issue isn't about everybody. It's about black lives at the moment. But the truth of the matter is, they don't really give a fuck about anybody if you break the shit all the way down to the low fucking dirty ass truth. We say that black lives matter, but truthfully they really never have. No one ever really gave a fuck. Just read your books and history books. But honestly, it ain't just black. It's yellow, it's brown, it's red. It's anyone who ain't got cash. Poor whites that they call trash. Fight back, but we're about to. 
Investigators say they are reviewing body camera and dash cam video of Tuesday's shooting. Police say that Keith Lamont Scott did have a gun in his hand when an officer shot him. A new picture of the scene shows something at Scott's feet. A source tells our Charlotte affiliate it may be a gun, but people in the neighborhood say that the father of four was holding a book instead. Officer Vincent was in plain clothes when the shooting happened, and he was not wearing a body-worn camera, but we are told that three other officers wore theirs. The department is under increasing pressure to release police videos from the shooting, but the police chief says he will not do that right now because of the investigation. Welcome to Rock Strikes 10, the show guaranteed to always give you 10 songs, no more, no less. My name is Joey. I want to thank everybody for tuning into the show here today, especially if you're doing it at cnjradio.com. So we really have to have this conversation again, huh? apparently, and I'm not trying to beat up my friends of the show or anything. I have a pretty good feeling that everybody who is listening that's out there at all, which it's the few, the proud... Uh, I don't believe that any of you are any kind of pieces of shit as far as... Uh, so I'm not preaching to you today. Ice-T was not preaching to you. Uh, maybe somebody you know. That's the idea. Obviously, I'm just fired up. I'm pissed off. And it's like, God, yeah, like, went to the first Rockin' Pot Expo like three years ago or whatever. And that stupid Charlottesville thing happened. And Hurricane Harvey happened at the same time. I remember just going, what the fuck is going on in this world? So I got home and I was all full of venom. So I did the episode condemning racists and racism and fascism, which should be a layup. I mean, I I would think at this point, maybe in this time, we could all agree as a people that all that stuff is bad. But apparently not everybody believes that. They weren't raised that way. They've been lied to, what have you. And this is not a gray area. It is, for lack of a better term, a black and white issue. There's right and wrong here. Uh, I've been making the joke the last, you know, few months or whatever, especially ever since the pandemic happened and everything, that at some point we must have slipped into some sort of alternate timeline. And I even traced it back to the death of Lemmy. I said, you know, once Lemmy died, everything went downhill. We lost Prince and Bowie and then... The Me Too thing happened and all this other stuff. And then I started to think about it when it gets into the social issues. Like, you know, the the famous people's deaths are very unfortunate. But then the real people's deaths becoming important. The real people's struggles becoming important. Finally, they've always been important, of course. But the fact that it's so at the forefront now, the Me Too thing is so at the forefront. Maybe, just maybe, and this is my little bit of positivity here, Maybe we're in the right timeline, but just like anything else, you got to go through a massive struggle and a lot of shit to get to, like the Henry Rollins quote that I always make, until we can get to that universal P-Funk Ramones block party, uh, you got to go through some shit. 
So that that's all I'm trying to say is maybe, yeah, shit's bad right now, but think about this. If we weren't having these conversations right now, if you don't have these conversations in history, things don't change. Now, you're saying, well, things haven't changed. They have. We we have made some strides. We have evolved. You know, baby steps. It should be more. It's not. And I think it's just a combination of things. We're all we're all in a pandemic, and shit's bad. For some reason, we're not doing great. The economy is supposedly not doing great. But the rich are have never been more rich. They're getting richer. They didn't have a bad quarter this year. A lot of shit's wrong. And so people are pissed off and the people that have had a right to be pissed off for forever are experiencing it even more so than normal. So you could see where the breaking point comes from. If you can't see any of that stuff. You got your, you know, whether you got your head in the sand, that's casual fascism, or you just actively, uh, you know, campaign and talk against it. That's way worse, of course. But if you can't see that shit's wrong and needs to be fixed, then I don't know what to tell you, man. Actually, I do know what to tell you. And I'm glad that I'm not going to have to be the one to tell you on this episode. Obviously, you know what we're doing here. You know what this theme is. I don't even know what I'm calling it right now. I I, I wasn't going to do a whole long thing at the beginning of the show. I was like, let's have Ice-T say it. Because he'll say it best. He's always said it best. And every lyric in that song, No Lives Matter by Body Count, uh, off of the Bloodlust album, by the way, every lyric on in that song is absolutely true. There's no slant there that you can tell me is a lie. It's just so on point that it's scary, and it's scary to a lot of people. A lot of people don't want to deal with the reality of things, but now we're at the point where not dealing with the reality of things has gotten us where we are. We've allowed shit to happen by not doing anything. Now we all have to do something, and it's and I'm not saying you have to go march in your street. You don't if you don't want to. You have free will. Just shut down all the bullshit. If your family member is talking shit and you know is wrong, you call them out on it. Shaming is very underrated in this society, in my opinion. Uh, we need to shame the wrong things a whole hell of a lot more. And let them know that they're wrong. So, okay, let me climb down here off of my soapbox. Obviously, I'm not, I'm not getting off my soapbox for another hour at least today here on this show. You know what kind of music we're going to be playing. I'm going to play all types of people. I'm going to play all races and mixes of people. I'm going to play songs from my lifetime that has actually spoken to me, that has basically told me not to be a piece of shit, and I think these songs have relevance. So we're not going to play, you know, obvious stuff, but I'm going to play some artists that you probably know that you might be surprised that, hey, I learned something from this. And we're going to have fun with music at the same time. Somehow I'm going to preach to you without preaching to you and play music uh, without making you feel so bad. Does that make sense? Okay, let's just go with it. I've talked a lot here after the first song here, and I feel a little guilty because I've talked way longer than this next song is actually sixfold right now. This song's only a minute long, and this is the one I led with on the show that we did three years ago. And at that point, because it was so, like, of a certain subject matter, uh, I had to play it, and it was a song that was definitely of re-interest to me and a lot of my friends, so I, I can't not play it on this episode as well, because, once again, we got to repeat stuff, apparently. So here we go. Here's the Dead Kennedys. 
with Nazi Punk's Fuck Off. It's fuck Off, overproduced by Martin Hannett, take four. From the album Plastic Surgery Disasters, that was Nazi Punk's Fuck Off by Dead Kennedys. As relevant today as it ever was. And that song is like, what, 35 years old or something at this point? Something like that. Anyway, so there was a great uh, yeah, half cover version of it that was done a few years ago. You can find it on YouTube. Unfortunately, there's not a new upgraded studio version of this. But Dead Cross, who's on Ipecac Records, Mike Patton's label. And that's a, another side band of Mike Patton along with uh, Dave Lombardo and some other cool people. And I guess at one show they had Jello Biafra from Dead Kennedys come up, and they did an upgraded new remake version of Nazi Punk's Fuck Off, and they changed it to Nazi Trump's Fuck Off, and just as relevant right there. And that's that's really on the nose, but you know what? I, I back it. Obviously I do. Uh, here's one. This song came out when I was around 11 years old, in 1990. And this is a band that has long preached non-separatism, very anti-fascist, always have been a part of this conversation. And even just the little things, man, I can't tell you how much effect it had on me to see a band like Anthrax, who I looked up to and still look up to, and I would see, yeah, they were they were crazy and wild and metal, and they wore board shorts and played Flying Vs with Ninja Turtles on them, but they also were wearing like Fishbone shirts and Public Enemy shirts, and that made me go, well, who were they? I think I've heard that name. I read Rolling Stone. <laughs> yeah, I was reading Rolling Stone at that point. Uh, they were better then. And, you know, it made me listen to those bands. I got a lot of great messages, a lot of great things, just great music in general. Whether, you know, not all these bands are preachy all the time just because they have a certain agenda. They're, they can be very fun, too, and they are, and they're awesome. But it just opened my mind up to a whole bunch of types of things out there. It diversified my brain. And these are things I w wasn't going to be told by mainstream press or friends or family or anything. So I, I'm always going to thank Anthrax for having a nice extra influence on me. And even in their own music, uh, putting something out there like this song, Keep It In The Family, which has a lot of biting lyrics on it. And I don't think that they would use some of these lyrics today in their songs because, you know, you'll know when you hear them. You'll be like, ooh, you know, because it's still shocking to hear it. But... I definitely agree with the point. So I don't think the point of this song should be diluted in any way just because of some controversial lyrics. So, of course, this is a pretty obvious one about anti-fascism and racism and how it's really just stuff that's been passed down by different generations who are wrong and bitter and for some reason feel the need to pass the hate on because they're worried that the hate will die. It's a horrible concept to think about. 
but it's totally true because it's the only reason why this shit's still around. So here you go. Here's a really important song to me. Uh, it was then and it is now. Uh, this is Keep It In The Family by Anthrax. <laughs>
All right, there you go, Anthrax with Keep It in the Family from the album Persistence of Time from 1990. Uh, actually, that album has a 30th anniversary coming out soon. Yeah, we can get into a little bit of commerce here and record plugging because I do believe in supporting the artists and a big fan of physical products. I guess I will be ordering the 30th anniversary vinyl and CD pack of Persistence of Time. It was an important album for me, and it's definitely one of the great metal albums of all time. Anthrax, one of the best bands of all time, metal or otherwise. And you can't fuck with that message right there. So thanks, guys. Thanks for, you know, really help shaping me into not being a piece of shit. Uh, another band that completely intrigued me, and I mentioned them already in this previous segment, uh, and I've said this before on the show, so forgive me if you've heard this story a handful of times. There was almost like no reason for me to be a fan of certain bands growing up as a kid. I grew up in Abilene, Texas, which is a, a small town by big town standards. It's like three hours away from Dallas, which I live in the DFW area now. And, you know, my big thing, I was getting, you know, I was was a kid, I was into Star Wars and pro wrestling, and I'm still into those things. And huge into music my entire life. Uh, And, you know, we got MTV at some point. Finally, we got cable at some point, and I pretty much just had MTV or wrestling on all the time. And... I always used to make the joke, I think I was the only kid on my block that was watching both Yo! MTV Raps and the Headbangers Ball, like on back-to-back Saturday nights, because you know, I wasn't old enough to go out. Even when I was, I was kind of just doing that still. I was watching those shows all the time. And I would see things on Yo! MTV Raps, like KRS-One and Boogie Down Productions, doing my philosophy. And I also, that was a big one, Eric B. and Rakim was real big for me. Uh, you know, and those are two completely different acts. Even though they're both East Coast acts, they had two completely different messages. Uh, one that didn't have any confusing message whatsoever in the sense of it was so in the nose was Public Enemy, of course. And, you know, I really, really liked Public Enemy. I could never commit to them almost. You know, it's like, I don't think my mom would have let me own that record. Uh, there's There's a reason for that. Uh, and, you know, I also love DJ Jazzy Jeff and the Fresh Prince. I love fun party jams, you know, so I loved all of it, and I still love all of it. Uh, but P.E. were saying something that needed to be said, and it was something I could easily ignore overall. Like, once the song ended, I didn't have to worry about it anymore. They don't have the convenience of not worrying about this stuff anymore after they're done with the song. Uh, to them, and you know, their families and their friends and any minority out there, that problem still exists when the song is over. And that's really sad. And it's nothing that I can relate to. And yeah, there's a lot of guilt there uh, in my brain. And so, but I became fascinated by it. I'm still fascinated by it and I'm still learning from it. So yeah, I mean like this song, of course, real famous, especially because of its inclusion in Spike Lee's movie, Do the Right Thing, which is an important movie you should see. I'm not saying it's a perfect movie, and without doing too much uh, spoilage, if you haven't seen the movie, some comedian made this joke on one of those retro shows on VH1. It was like, the the most amazing thing about the movie, Do the Right Thing, is that nobody does the right thing, which is true. Everybody sucks in that movie. It doesn't matter if you're white or black or whatever. Everybody sucks in that movie. They're all terrible people for the most part. The most innocent person is the person that doesn't say anything, which is interesting. You could do a whole film school on that. Uh, but yeah, of course, got to play this one. This one is still hugely important. It still gets my blood boiling. 
and it's something that you know if, if if i ever have the balls to go out there and march out there which i know some of my friends out there are doing that my hat's off to you and my fist is in the air and i'm really honestly just more just, i have the convenience of worrying more about the pandemic than i do about other things and once again very unfortunate kind of weird and surreal at the same time but this is a song of protest this is a song of anger it's a song of we gotta fix this shit because the shit ain't working and there's probably no greater song that says that than fight the power by public enemy w-e-l-o-v-e 108 
All right, there you go. Public Enemy, Fight the Power. That song originally from the Do the Right Thing movie and soundtrack, and later on, one of the groundbreaking rap albums of all time, Fear of a Black Planet. Yeah, Fear of a Black Planet. I was 11 years old, and I heard that title. I was like, whoa. So even just that right there. But anyway. So we're going to move on to something that you may not have expected me to play on the show. And, you know, because of the act itself and you know even where it comes from and the source material and all that it doesn't seem like anything that people would think to put on a list like this but i'm putting it on there because it made an impression on me and this is one of those things where all it takes is one sentence in a song to really make an impression if it connects to the right person then it's worth it and this really was. So this, of all places, this is from Motley Crue's 1985 album, Theater of Pain. And I heard this probably when I was like six or seven years old, something like that for the first time. I actually wasn't allowed to own the Theater of Pain album because there was a pentagram on the cover, much like the previous album. Uh, so I wasn't allowed to own it, but at some point I did hear it and I did own it uh, through a friend. Like you trade a handful of baseball cards or garbage pail kids for a cassette. I used to do that. That would happen. Or maybe just a few bucks, some lunch money. So, yeah, so I finally heard the Theater of Pain album. And, like, right there at the end of the album, it's a song called Fight for Your Rights. And I was that kid that read every lyric of everything that he had. If there were lyrics in the cassette or the album sleeve, I would read them as I was listening to it, mostly for the first time. And I would do it sometimes, you know, on the fifth, sixth, tenth listen. And just that one sentence that Nikki Six wrote, you know, maybe even in a, uh, you know, a heroin-filled haze, <laughs> still made sense. Where he just put that one line, Martin Luther spoke the truth, the color of our blood's the same. Never forgotten that line, the color of our blood's the same. I hadn't heard anybody say that until I heard it there for the first time. So I give them some credit for doing that. Like I said, kind of an oddball choice, but... I'm going with my personal journey here. This had an effect on me. Even something as small as that can have a massive effect on how people view the world. So here you go. Here's the crew. Fight for your rights.
right, there you go. Motley Crue, Fight for Your Rights from the 1985 record Theater of Pain, a song that, you know, even, like I said, with that, you know, a couple of sentences there, made a lasting impression on me. That's why I played it on this episode. And Loose Can, if you're listening, I promise next time I do this show, I'll have to play Hanging with the Homeboys. Okay. All right. <laughs> so moving on to the next song here. This is a band I recently saw a few years ago. It was actually just right after our supposed president got elected this last time around. And definitely was glad and happy that I went to the show. Went to see Fishbone play at the Bomb Factory in Dallas with my CNJ radio partner and best friend Chris. And it's always a good idea to see Fishbone. I regret all the other times that they've come through town or any town I might have been even remotely close to and not gone to see them. Easily one of the best live bands of all time. They don't have any special effects or anything, no smoke or whatever, but they are a show. They are the show. And yeah, to this day, not to this day, but you know, when concerts are happening again, if Fishbone is in one to two tanks of gas away from your house, you must go. And it was just really nice after the big election fallout and everything to go to a show and there's just a big banner hanging up up against the drum riser and it says fuck racism it's as simple as it gets but i 100 percent agree wish i had the balls to buy that shirt that night i really i didn't i bought a fishbone shirt with the classic fishbone logo on it and you know it's just god you know step up a little bit i should be wearing that fuck racism shirt to the grocery store right now so i need to go i need to get one but anyway while i contemplate all of that and future awkward family dinners uh you're gonna listen to this right here the great fishbone uh with just you know i could have played anything by them because their message speaks for itself it doesn't have to be on every song once again but i saw this title and i was like yeah that's a good one i bet it's gonna say what i want to be said on the show here's one of the greats fishbone and the song is called End the Rain. In the darkness I have found my vision I've seen the queen that thrives on desolation A queendom that preys on both young and old
All right, there you go. Fishbone, in the rain. End the rain. Not like in the rain, like weather, like end the rain, as in like a king or what have you, monarchy. So in that rain. Mm-hmm. Okay. Dictatorship. Okay. So another band, much like Fishbone, and I kind of use them in the same breath because uh, even though one's from California and one's from the East Coast, we're, we're all in this together, right? Uh, Living Color, of course, has been a massive voice in all of this uh, for the last 30 plus years, and they're doing it more so now than ever. You know, they put out the Who Shot Ya single to cover a few years ago when it was starting to reach another big boiling point and they're still doing their thing and they're really good people and they're not separatists i don't play separatists by the way none of these people are they they want us all to be together they want us all to get along by the way speaking of that statement you hear that can't we all just get along i gotta tell you something that really pisses me off you, you see these things they happen in media especially and they get bastardized to the point where they're just a joke you know like when howard dean yelled at, at his uh, you know rally that became a, like a punchline within 24 hours. It's because the guy's got to eat shit because he's got passion about something. It's like, no, don't delude that message. And it's exactly what Ice-T said. Don't delude the message. You're hurting people. Yeah, jokes are all well and good, but joke about, you know, things that are worth joking about. Rodney King being up in that press conference crying and saying, can't we all just get along? That became a punchline. And I think that's one of the problems. Like, it seems so minuscule nowadays, but that's one of the problems. We made that a punchline. We put it in movies and we laughed about it. And it sucks, man. And he was right. <laughs> like, it's so simple, but, man, we just didn't listen. And I'm not saying, Rodney King, not a saint at all, you know. Rodney King did break the law, by the way. But Rodney King did not deserve what happened to him. That's, once again, don't delude the message. All right, sorry, let's get back to the point here. <laughs> well, we're still on point. Living Color. So, uh, you know, they put out a video the other day, and they actually uh, they posted a live clip of a song that's like 30 years old now, actually. It's from the album Time's Up, great album. And they put it up. You can, If you go to YouTube, because you can't buy this version right now, but if you go on YouTube and type in Living Color, This Is The Life 2020, which, you know, they took the song This Is The Life and put the this year on it, and it's just right there. It just makes it completely relevant. The entire video is like all the video you need to see to like catch up with what's going on and why people are pissed off. And I saw some stuff for the first time because honestly, I didn't want to look at some of this stuff. Uh, it's disturbing. It makes you think and it keeps you up at night. But I think it's important. So if you need maybe a little bit of a, uh, a cushion uh, under the guise of great music and having this message here simultaneously it's a good way to go about it so go look up living color this is the life 2020 and you'll see what i mean honestly i wasn't going to play that version i was going to rip it off of youtube and play that version but there's a lot of audio you know from the bad things on there and i just i don't want to take away from the song so much but it makes more sense when you watch the video if you have that audio with it understand what i'm saying got it okay so let's go back and play the original version of this song right here and uh, yeah, Living Color always makes me feel good. And whether they make me think or feel good or both, they're great for either reasons and both reasons. Uh, here you go, friends of a friend. What's up, Eric Miller? This is Living Color with This Is The Life.
Right, there you go living color with this is the life from time's up back from 1990 once again you know can't believe it's been 30 years since 1990 uh yeah man i was just i was 11 years old living in the suburbs like i do now and there wasn't a whole lot of problems and i still live pretty much in the same area you know i i can i can drive to where i used to live 30 years ago i can get there like in five minutes in my car right now so my scenery so much hasn't changed, but it's amazing how much has changed. And even if I wasn't aware of it, maybe it's just been going on this whole time. And it, honestly, it has. So, yeah, I just I think about those things, you know. Trying to focus on the positive. Uh, I try to remain hopeful. I feel like that's, you know, it sounds cliche and it sounds like people telling you what to do. But, you know, trying to remain positive in this you know, it seems hopeless, but 
you know, it'd be hopeless if there was only like a one percentage of people fighting for the right thing. But there's not. There's a lot more than that. It's, you know, hell, if it's 50-50, there's still fucking hope. Okay. Uh, let's move on to this one right here. This is definitely a social commentary, but it, it's crazy. This song is like almost 40 years old right now, and I just I get a chill when I hear it. And I get chills when I hear this gentleman regardless. This guy's one of the great lyricists of all time, one of the great rock stars of all time. And it's a, it's actually a, a solo Phil Linnett track, uh, one that he did away from Thin Lizzy. So, like, you know, a few years before he died. And, you know, he never, in his songs, like, there was struggle in his songs and there was fighting in his songs and things like that, but... You know, he never, he de he definitely never played the race card in Thin Lizzy, uh, but he probably had every right to if he had. Uh, he came from fucking Ireland, man. You know, <laughs> I, can, I can imagine. It's it's like you know you hear about that, like like the little Richard quote uh, that Lemmy said uh, that I gave you in the last episode, where it's like you're black and gay in the South, you got to be tough. So you have a black Irishman right here, who just writes amazing, uh, damn near poetic songs about just life. And, and things, you know. So, but every now and then, you know, you'd hear one, you'd be like, oh yeah, wow, that's uh, that's something else. This is one of those songs. So there you go, Phil Linnett and his song, Ode to a Black Man.
There you go, the late great Phil in it, Ode to a Black Man. And I love that line about Stevie Wonder in there, if you didn't catch that. He's referencing an album that Stevie put out. I think it was like around 1979 or something like that, around the time I was born. And he put out this double album, and it was like this like world music thing, and it was like a tribute to the plants and the trees and stuff like that. I can't believe I don't know the name of it. And I'm a big Stevie fan. But that's how much I like that record. I don't know its name. <laughs> I don't feel the need to own it like physically <laughs> but yeah he's like i don't want no songs about plants i want like living in the city which living in the city was just so ahead of its time and so on point with you know what's going on so uh yeah that there's a part that they always edit off of the radio version of living in the city but go listen to the actual album version of it and you'll you'll see what i mean i should have played that on the show but uh, say la vie at least i played something that referenced it at the very least uh, I was struggling to figure out what song to close with on this show, and it was down to these last two songs. So I'm going to go with the ballad first and then do the heavy song. You know, I'm just uh, thinking about it like I do a concert set list. Uh, this song right here, this one was immediately the one of the ones that came to mind, making a short list of songs like this and songs I wanted to play for you out there. This is what I was referring to like earlier here when I'm saying I'm being wistful and and trying to be optimistic where you know like hopefully things are going to be okay and uh, you know if if this this one statement this one sentence comes out of the brain of somebody and maybe even one of the least likely of places then there's hope there hope is a thing that's always it start always starts as an idea i don't want to get too heavy i'm getting heavy what the fuck but you know i just love this because and, and i love seeing like what other countries are doing to be like to set an example when we're failing at it so miserably in a lot of areas and like when you see like germany like germany is like really like stepping up and doing great things socially whether it's for the people that live there you know just working day by day or social issues and when i see that i, I get really excited when i see people you know the okay boomer thing it's funny and i i partake in it i'm not gonna lie to you but when you see people from the baby boomer generation that are like, yeah, my generation is wrong. Like, for the most part, they totally missed the point and they fucked it all up. Like, I love seeing that. Like, break, you know, go against the grain. Like, you know, you don't have to think this one way. Like, the fucking Germans bouncing back. 
from the Third Reich, you know, and like no complaints now at this point. Like, when was the last time you heard them doing anything shitty? Like, I haven't, and I follow the news pretty well. So, anyway, yeah, NASCAR. We could talk, I could talk about that for another hour. Go look at what NASCAR's been doing. And, you know, balls in, you know, look at what the Marines just did and the Navy did uh, from our country. So people, there's people that are doing good things. Balls in your court, Army, by the way. I haven't heard anything from you yet, Army. So, yeah, do the right thing. Uh, but, yeah, I'd love to see the, hey, let's all be cool and let's actually shame the fascists, like, actively. When it comes from places like that, I love that the most. Because you should and could expect it from the younger generation. And, you know, people like me, they're in their 40s that kind of get it a little bit, you know. But we're not all like that. And, you know, the older you get, it seems like that's not how you think. But we're trying to change things. Well, like, basically, the point I'm trying to make is that, like, really, if the NFL and the NASCAR are going to decry fascism and racism, that's a risk for them. And I applaud them for taking that risk. It takes a lot of balls. It takes a lot of balls just for a band to go on Facebook and say Black Lives Matter. Like, I've seen metal bands do that. I've seen Haunt do that. I've seen Overkill do that. And they're older than me. They're actually a lot older than me. But that's, you know, they're taking a risk right there. They know. They know they're going to alienate people. They know that if people are, you know, walking their walk and talking their talk... They have lost some fans, but they know and understand that it's worth it in the long run. I love that. This song is about 25 years old, a little bit older than that. And I remember when I heard it, and it was definitely easy at the time to dismiss this song as the sequel to Winds of Change. Winds of Change was such a huge song for the Scorpions, and it got played so much. It's almost like, can't we all just get along? It got played so much, I feel like the message almost got diluted. People kind of just took the message for granted, and, you know, we didn't want to hear it after a while, and it's that thing. Scorpions put out this song on their follow-up album, uh, Face the Heat, a song called Under the Same Sun. And this song has just as much meaning to me as Winds of Change does. It kind of hits me a little more, I actually like it, and probably because I haven't heard it as much. But it's just a great message. And at one point recently, this song damn near reduced me to tears. I just love the message, and coming from guys that are like in their 60s and 70s that from Germany uh, will say things like this. I love that. And it's one thing to hear, you know, nowadays from a 20-year-old, you know, pop artist or something like that, but hearing it from a bunch of old guys from Germany that, you know, the older history of that country is not good. Um, It's just nice. And that's the thing you should really take with you is that there is hope. So, yeah, okay. This is this is a heavy-handed show. What can I say? But um, yeah, here's here's a great song right here, and maybe you've never heard this. Maybe you haven't heard it in forever. Uh, but this is under the same sun. Oh, 
Oh, yeah. Love that. Beautiful. I actually, like, close my eyes a little bit and get a chill listening to that. So that song really does it for me. That was Under the Same Sun by the Scorpions. Yeah, a band that people take for granted. And I was talking about this with Mark Striegel today uh, on Talking Rock, which will be out probably as you're listening to this as well. Uh, yeah, Scorpions, Klaus Mine, those guys, they just get completely taken for granted. Like, they're big, but they're... You know, they're not, they should be mentioned along the same lines as like Priest and Sabbath and stuff like that. And they're not. And they've been doing it longer than any of those bands, I'll tell you that much. They've been pro as long as the Beach Boys have been around. Like, that's, that's crazy, but it's absolutely true. So there you go. And a great message right there, of course. You know, very Imagine esque, and I love that. So yeah, you know, obviously I'm not going to play Imagine on this show. You, you know it, you've heard it. You should live by it, for sure. Uh, but yeah, there you go. Last song here on the show, and I'm just going to end with like a real barn burner. This is one of my favorite songs ever, and ever since I heard it, it just grabbed me, and it's just so good. And it's like whether I'm pissed off about just things like this, or I just need to wake up. Like this song has so many layers for me, and just does it for me on multiple levels. And this is one that I've probably damaged a few speakers listening to, whether it's in the car or at home or whatever. It's just, I can't not hit maximum volume on this. And it's great. And from a guy who's definitely not a piece of shit, who's always, you know, been, his opinions at least have been on the right side of history. A pretty decent, I don't want to say pioneer, but definitely a uh, innovator in his profession. Guy Trent Reznor, and of course his main band, Nine Inch Nails. Uh, they put out this song, it was like, I think it was like one of the lead singles from The Fragile when it came out in 1999. And uh, just, God, this song is so damn good. It sh- this should be like the most well-known Nine Inch Nails song. I don't know why it's not. But it is for me. This is my favorite Nine Inch Nails song. And once again, one of my favorite songs ever. Great closer here. Closing off this show, this very heavy-handed show, and I appreciate you hanging in there with me and being a friend of mine. If you could still hear my voice saying these exact words... You were absolutely a friend of mine. Let me know what you think about this show. I'm just going to end it on that. You'll hear the plugs at the end of the song. So, yeah, here you go. Closing off. Turn this all the way up. Nine Inch Nails. We're in this together now. We will make it through somehow.
We would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to the show today. You can reach us on Facebook or Twitter. We love getting messages and always do our best to respond. We are on Twitter at RockStrikes10, and the direct email is RockStrikes10 at gmail.com. When you search for us, the number 10 is always spelled out. If you would like to support our show financially, we do have Rock Strikes 10 shirts for sale. For $20, we will ship you out a high-quality, soft-as-heck, next-level branded shirt and a button. Send us an email or direct message us for more details or to order. U.S. or APO boxes only. For now. Please help us spread the word about this show and all of our other quality shows by listening, liking, subscribing, and sharing. Our official website is cnjradio.com. You can visit this site for all of the episodes of Rock Strikes 10 going back all the way to episode number one. While you're on cnjradio.com, please check out our other quality shows, including The Wrestling House Show, a pro wrestling podcast unlike any other, The Synaptic Empire Audio Transmissions, hosted by Randy Brown, a true alternative, The Last Theater, starring Chris, where cinema's trash is treated like treasure, Talking Rock, with Joey and the great Mark Striegel of Talking Metal, and the I Am Vinyl podcast with Pete LaRussa and occasionally Joey. Last but not least, we would like to give an extra special thanks to the great Pete LaRussa and the band Spacebeard for the best outro song in the business. Go to facebook.com slash spacebeardband to purchase their music and make sure to tell them that Rock Strikes 10 sent you. We hope you tune into the next show. Until then, have fun. <laughs>